If I haven't had the privilege of meeting you before, my name is Grant. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Christ the King. I want to welcome our Bellingham campus. I want to welcome specifically those who are in Ferndale joining us and those who are watching online as well. We are honored and privileged to have you with us. As we begin a brand new series, I'm going to throw out a question. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to actually answer the question today. I just wanted to roll around in the back of your mind for the next couple of weeks. And the question is this, who or what gets the best of you? When it comes to your relationships, who gets the best of you? When it comes to your energy, what gets the best of you? When it comes to your failures, what got the best of you? As we begin this new decade, I believe that God has a challenge for each of us to give ourselves away to Jesus in ways that we have never considered or done before, to give ourselves away in love and generosity, to move our love for God beyond declaration, simply saying it, and into the world of demonstration where we actually do something with it. As a pastor for more than 20 years, I've had the privilege to preside over a lot of weddings. When I was the marriage pastor of Christ the King, I think my record was 26 weddings in one year. It was crazy. I have two favorite moments in a wedding ceremony that I just love to be a part of. The first part is, or, or one of the, my favorite parts is wedding vows. I love it when the bride and the groom face each other, when they take each other's hands and then they give themselves away in a covenant promise to each other. And they say, for rich or for poor, in sickness and in health, when I look good and when I don't. I mean, it's just those beautiful moments when their love is crystallized in front of everyone. This past year, the, the daughter of one of our pastors got married. Pastor Mark Warren presided over top of the wedding of his daughter, Melissa, and his soon-to-be son-in-law, Andrew. And it was one of, and I'm not just saying this, one of the most beautiful weddings I've ever been to. It was absolutely breathtaking. And then they came to the moment when Andrew's dad and Mark, the two fathers, are standing together as their daughter and son-in-law are going to be joined together, and they get ready to say their vows, and something happens. Andrew mispronounces the word lawfully. He says, waffly. <laughs> and it just kind of goes from there. Their wedding vows actually ended up on YouTube. It went viral, which means over a million people watched it. So for those of you who didn't see, let's watch the side screens. Here you go. Place the ring on Melissa's hand and repeat after me. I, Andrew Paul Daniel Lingstrom. I'm not putting it on the wrong way. I, Andrew Paul Daniel Ingstrom. I, Andrew Paul Daniel Ingstrom. Do take Melissa Renee Warren. Do take Melissa Renee Warren. To be my lawfully wedded wife. To be my lawfully. <laughs> and pancakey. 
I've been scared of this all my life. <laughs> Just give her a second. Okay, folks, I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I, Andrew Paul. <laughs> <laughs> See, man and wife. The court will take a recess. <laughs> You think it's good that way, you should have been there live. It was awesome. After everybody got it back together and the laughter went away, all of the joy and love in that room focused on this beautiful couple giving themselves away to each other. I love wedding vows, but my favorite wedding moment happens actually a little earlier in the ceremony. The bridal party enters, the music plays, the congregation stands, the bride enters, and when she gets to the end of the aisle, I get to ask her dad a question. My question is always, who gives this woman to be married to this man? I love that moment because of what happens to the dad. All of a sudden, this beautiful girl on his arm, she becomes five again. And he just looks at her like, where in the world did this time go? I can see his heart flip-flop as he gives away his little girl. And, and all of a sudden, he's handing her over to a guy in a tuxedo. When I did a wedding a few years back. I waited for the bride and her dad to reach the end of the aisle. And I asked the question. And when I asked the question, I did not get what I expected. Instead of the usual, her mother and I do, the father stopped. And he looked at me, and then he looked at the guy standing to my right, and he said, we're all just going to hang on here for one minute. And everybody's froze, like, whoa. And he stared through his future son-in-law and said, I have loved this little girl my whole life. I have protected her, provided for her, watched over her, and cared for her. I have done everything in my power to give her the very best life that I possibly could. So before I give her away to you, you, I just want to know if you'll do the same thing. I love that, Dad. I'm practicing that speech for my daughter's wedding. I'm ready. I am ready. And the dad gave his little girl away, and this little girl gave herself to her husband, and the husband gave his heart away to his wife, and God was so pleased. I mean, as we individually stand on the edge of this next decade, who or what are you going to give yourself away to this coming year? Let's be honest. Some of us gave ourselves away to way too much debt in the last three to four weeks. Come on, pastor, let's just talk straight. And now you're living with the reality of that, and you're freaking out. And on the back of your program at both campuses is something called the Financial Peace University, and you may want to check that out. 
Some of us gave ourselves away to to a vice or to an addiction or or to a pattern of behavior because suddenly our family was around us and we became this five-year-old kid who's all wrapped up and dysfunctional inside and we have no idea why we acted the way we did and now we're dealing with the consequences and shame of that and if that's you, you may want to check out 12 Steps on Monday night because 12 Steps is not just for addicts, just so you know. Some of us gave ourselves away to peace and quiet over Christmas as God drew near and we're reaping the benefits of those decisions. I've been deeply challenged in my own heart about how my life would look differently if I fully devoted myself to Jesus Christ this coming year. Every year I choose a verse for the year and I want to walk you through two verses of Scripture. As we do this today, this verse includes a biblical strategy for giving yourself away, and it comes from Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. We're going to walk through it phrase by phrase. It starts with these words. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. Let's stop right there. The word imitators comes from the Greek word mimetes which means someone who's like somebody else. We get our English words mimic or mime from that particular word. It means as followers of God, we're to imitate, we're to mimic Jesus. Just like a child mimics or imitates their parents, both in good ways and bad ways, we're to learn what it's like to to have the life of Jesus, the character of Jesus, the attitude and the choices of Jesus, and then we're to live those out as dearly loved children of God. As a parent, I've learned the hard way that my kids mimic both the good and the bad of my character. I've told the story here before of cruising down the guide and having Braden at five years old sitting in his car seat behind me and a car gets in my way and I hear this little voice from behind me say, get out of our way, you idiot. I was horrified that his mother would say something like that too, so. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, They just mimic us, don't they? I was at the mall the day after Christmas. Don't look at me cross-eyed. I saw a lot of you there too, okay? And I saw a lady pushing a stroller. And she's talking animatedly on her cell phone. And in the stroller in front of her is like her three-year-old daughter talking on a little play cell phone going blah, 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 blah. Where'd she learn that from? Scripture says we're to imitate Jesus who never has a question about his character. That's the application part of this first verse. We're to imitate the character and the life of Jesus. That means as his followers, we're to talk like Jesus talked respond to people in the way Jesus responded to people, deal with people in the way that Jesus dealt with people, retreat to quiet places and pray like Jesus retreated to quiet places and pray. We're we're to wash feet like Jesus washed feet. We're to serve people like Jesus served people. We're to pour our lives out like a drink offering like Jesus poured out his life like a drink offering. We're to be a mirror reflection of Jesus, not some cheap copy, not some lousy reproduction. No, we're to be a mirror reflection of Jesus. And that's where this gets practical because it means every moment of every day for this next decade that's facing us, we should be asking the question, am I reflecting Jesus right now in my words, my thoughts, my attitudes, and my actions? Because if the answer is no, something needs to change. The verse goes on. 
It says, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us. I mean, let's be honest. That phrase is a little cheesy, right? Live a life of love. I mean, I love weddings for the vows and for the giving of the way, away of the bride. What I don't like about weddings is all the sappy love songs that they play at the reception. You know, some say love, it is a flower. I'm all out of love and so lost without you, babe. I got you, babe. I will be your hero, baby. All you need is love. Bum, 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 bum. Can you feel the love tonight? For all the rockers in the room, it's a nice day for a white wedding, right? You know, all the single ladies. Okay, we're done. All right. We are done. But when we hear the word love, especially in the context of live a life of love, let's be honest, we all just kind of gag a little, right? That's very loving, right? What does it mean to live a life of love? Does that mean we don't forget Valentine's Day? Is love really roses and chocolate? I mean, do we really love our kids when we give them everything they ask for? Just in case you're wondering, the answer to that would be no, unless you're raising a narcissistic savage, just to be clear. (laughs) Are we living a life of love when we say yes to everything, even to our own detriment? Is Is it loving to enable somebody else's bad behavior? I mean, the word love has been so watered down in our modern society, we've actually made that word disposable. You think about it. So biblically, what does it mean to live a life of love? Well, let's go to the Bible's definition of what love is. We're going to find it in a passage that you may have heard at a wedding or two. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily anchored or angered. It, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So we need to find out, are we living a life of love or not? So let's do a little self-test. In your outline, a list of all of the qualifications of love. The Bible says God is love. Well, if God is love, then He's also everything that's described as love. And if we're to be imitating Him, then we should be able to imitate those things in a way of love as well. So, Score yourself out of 10. We're going to walk through each one. First one, I am patient. Are you sure? Behind which license plate? Number two, I am kind. I know you think you're kind. If I asked your children or your spouse that, what would they give you? I do not envy. Just so you know, if you know how many inches your neighbor's big screen is, you should score yourself low. I do not boast if you've already given yourself tens on the first three. (laughs) I'm not proud if you've ever heard said the words, I'm not wrong. You may want to rethink that one. I'm not rude. Think about yourself in the line on Black Friday. I am not self-centered. Count the number of times you said I when you prayed to God last week. Oops. I'm not easily angered. If you threw something at the TV when Colt McCoy went down in the Texas game, you may want to be on the bottom number there. I forgive and let go. Do you? 
or do you hold on and wish death on people? I do not delight in evil. Sure. By the way, it counts if you just think to yourself, I don't delight in evil, I just like it when bad things happen to people I don't like. Okay. (laughs) I rejoice in the truth, even when the truth's about you. I always protect. Always. I always trust. Always. I always hope. Always. I always persevere. Really, it's January the 8th. How are the resolutions doing? I never fail. Really? Well, if you think never, you may want to go back to the proud question and check yourself into a really good clinic. Okay. I mean, I did that little test, and and I know for a fact not many of us are actually going to scratch in the numbers right now, but does anybody else have any work to do this year? I mean, living a life of love is not easy. Living a life of love is a series of choices that happen on a daily basis, and they go against those natural, selfish tendencies that we all have as people. Living a life of love means to live out of your comfort zone consistently. Living a life of love means we're to live out the mission of Jesus. Living a life of love means you're going to die to yourself and put others first. Living a life of love means you're going to be the first one to sacrifice. Living a life of love means giving yourself away to the sovereign purpose and plan of an almighty God. Living a life of love means being wholly devoted to a God who gave himself for you. Living a life of love means being salt in a flavorless society. It means being light in a very dark place. Living a life of love means being a rebel with a cause. Living a life of love is dangerous. It's radical because it means you've got to touch the dirty and work with the sick. Living a life of love is full of godly risk. Does that sound cheesy to you? That sounds challenging to me. That scares me when I read that. Let's keep going. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. Live a life of love just as Christ loved us. Here's the next phrase. And gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I'm constantly touched by this. Who gave first? God did. Who loved first? God did. Who became a living sacrifice first? God did. Who fulfilled the first requirements of love? God did. And God never asks his children to do anything that he hasn't already done himself. Jesus lived a life of love. That's why he came. This is the pure expression of God's love for us. It says it here in Ephesians 1. It also says it in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, which says this. This is love Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I sang some cheesy love songs before. How about this? He became sin who knew no sin, that we might become His righteousness. We sing that here. How about amazing love? How can it be? How about amazing grace? How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Do those sound like cheesy love songs to you? To me, they're love songs that describe the kind of love that Jesus displayed when he laid down his life on the cross. I mean, how do we respond to that kind of love? Well, I believe Scripture gives us a picture. So let me show you a picture. In Old Testament times, if, if you owed a debt... You could be sold into slavery until you could pay that debt off. You could even do that willingly. 
Middle Eastern culture, you could sell yourself into slavery in order to pay off a debt that you could not pay. According to Hebrew law, after six years of slavery, in that seventh year, those jubilee years, Hebrew owners were supposed to set that kind of slave free. That kind of servant should have been allowed to go free. But sometimes, Scripture talks about about an unthinkable set of circumstances where if a master was unbelievably kind and loving, that the unthinkable would happen. And I want to share with you what the unthinkable is because I believe that what happened then is to be a pure expression of our love for God. So I'm going to show it to you in Exodus chapter 21. Ready? Here it comes. It says this. But... If the servant declares, I love my master and my wife and children and do not want to go free, then his master must take him before the judges. He shall take him to the door or the doorpost and pierce his ear with an awl. And then he will be his servant for life. Picture it. You haven't paid off your whole debt. But your master has been kind and loving and benevolent. He's looked after not only you, but your whole family. And there comes a day when you have a legal right to go free. And instead of going free, you come to your master and say, you've been so good. I want to stay. I want to stay. I want to go to court. In fact, I'll go so far as to experience pain so that everybody knows that even though I had an opportunity to walk away, that I chose to stay and still be free. I'm not encouraging anybody to go and get a piercing. That's between you and God, all right? Don't get me wrong. I'm encouraging all of us to give ourselves away fully, completely, To a master who has been kind and benevolent, who has covered us and our families. I'm calling us to declare at the beginning of this year that we are servants of the Most High God, that we will imitate Him in all things, that we will live out a life of love, that we will move beyond simply declaring our love for God, and that this year will be the year when we demonstrate our love for God. When we will do unthinkable things in Jesus' name. When we will touch people and sacrifice and be generous and give people a gift that we never even get a chance to see. That we will radically step across the line and do everything it is that God has asked us to do. I have a prayer journal and I placed a prayer in your outline that I've been praying all week says this, Dear Father, at the beginning of this new decade, I give myself wholly to you and I choose to be your servant for life. In response to your love for me, I declare my love for you. I give you all of my fears and failures. I humbly ask for your forgiveness. I ask that you gather up the broken and scattered pieces of my life. I ask for your wholeness and your hope. Amen.
Sometimes more than just thinking good things, you have to act. Sometimes more than just hoping people get it. Sometimes God's people have to stand and speak and definitively declare, I'm a servant for life. With blood running down our neck, Sometimes it takes that level of devotion to say, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm giving myself wholly and completely to Him. Because there's one thing I know. Great is His love for me. How can I respond any other way? So this is what we're going to do. The Bellingham campus, at the Ferndale campus, this is not a spiritual contest and it has nothing to do with anyone other than the person who's sitting in your seat. Pray with me. Father God, some standing, some sitting, some kneeling, but all asking the same question. Who will we give ourselves to? I thank you that we serve a God who wants all of us, past failures, past moments, when we made choices that were not honoring to you, present circumstances and future dreams, I thank you that we serve a God who wants all I thank you that we serve a God who gives beauty for ashes. I thank you that we serve a God who wants to do more than we could ask or even imagine. So God, as I stand in front of a group of freed people, I pray that this year, we would move out of our comfort zone and live a life of love, that we would be imitators of the Most High God who gave Himself up for us. Jesus, thank You for giving Yourself away. As Your children, may we mimic You and imitate You as we live our lives as living sacrifices. And all of God's people agreed together and said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated.